from Elk Grove, California. Driving car number 57, the Finley Farms, Carlton and Son. Glenn Steyer's Racing, Durst Incorporated, Local Soil, Farm Century. Here's Kyle Larson. Lap number one for Kyle Larson. Quick time! It's a 10, 145, 10, 145. Can he get under that track record? Second lap time for Larson. It's a nine second lap. We have a new track record. And welcome to the latest episode of Quick Time, the podcast. It's our favorite time of the week. We're talking sprint car racing here in Nebraska. I'm Brandon. I'm here with Jason. Uh, Jason, how's your week going? It's going good. You know, we're, um, you know, got in the long weekend and uh, looks like around Nebraska racing will be back, you know, limited, but it looks like we're going to start getting racing back in Nebraska soon. Yeah, I saw that. Uh some of the restrictions been lifted up. Uh, sounds like Eagle's going to be opening up on the 6th, so not this weekend, but but next weekend we should be uh, racing back here in Nebraska. Yeah, they've gone to, uh, I think the rule is uh, 25% capacity or 3,000. I'm pretty sure it's whichever number is lower. And so that's good for uh, arenas and stadiums. Uh, Eagles already put the season opener on their schedule. So um, it's, it's a great thing. Yeah, and I mean, even at that 3,000 mark or 25%, Eagle holds 8,100, 8,200 people. So for a weekly show, they're still going to be able to get their full crowd, it sounds like. that's And that's the good thing. And the big advantage, too, with Eagle is um, it sounds like, you know, some social distancing is going to be in fact. So when you have a place as spacious as Eagle, uh, they have the ability probably to put, you know, put those groups, uh, space them out far enough to, and still hit a, a reasonable capacity. And yeah, I mean, we actually got some racing in this past weekend. We're going to be joined by Tyler Drukey, uh, the driver of the number 12305 sprint car in the SSN series. He's fresh off a of victory at US 36 and an 18th place finish at Salina Speedway. Also, we got some quick time luck going. Uh, we had Jack Dover on last week. He parked in the victory lane this week. With he the, dominated. Uh, <laughs> with the 53 up at Park Jefferson. It sounded like that was a good race. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's good to see everybody getting some laps under him. I think that's really important. And, um, it's going to be good. You know, once once racing starts to get rolling here in Nebraska, I think we're going to see some some guys there ready to go, and it should be should be very entertaining. And one thing you heard in, in the intro, I want to bring up Kyle Larson's lap over at I-55 Speedway in uh, Peavely, Missouri, uh, 9.995, 119.94 mile an hour, around a one-third mile. And people here in Nebraska would know that Eagle Raceway has been touted <laughs> the world's fastest third mile for the longest time. And their track record actually is held by Sammy Swindell back in 2009 at 11.076. But unofficially, Jason, you know this one off the top of your head. 10.970 by Mark Kinzer, 2005. <laughs> yep, and it's unofficial because it, the event ranked out. All the qualifying got in, and I think we got two heat races in or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. So It was a bit of contention. <laughs> yep. But, you know, that was, that was the rules. That's how World Outlaws uh, recognizes records. So... You know, if that's what they do, then that's what they do. But in my heart, I'll always know is uh, Mark Kinzer is the fastest guy around Eagle Raceway. Yep, and that's and I don't think I'm going to see that be broken anytime soon. So No, it's going to take um, just some extraordinary track conditions. And usually, and as they, you know, had I, I-55 too, you need that cool, heavy air to do it. And I, I, you know, especially now as we get into summer, it's pretty rare to see that. Yeah, and I think that was the September show that was broken at Eagle, or was that the yeah. June show? Yeah, it was a September show. Okay. So, 
All right, and uh, I actually made it out to a race this week. I was at Valley Speedway in Green Valley, Missouri for a Power Eye National Midget and the War Series race. Uh, a couple local drivers there, Trey Gropp was running his uh, War Series sprint car, and he's making his debut in the Power Eyes Midgets. And he had a good run going on Saturday evening. He started 24th. Unfortunately, that's not where he was supposed to start. There were some little issues in, during uh, the buzz last and whatnot. He had to pull off and... He was scheduled to start, I believe, ninth, but he went from 24th to 4th with one lap to go. The radiator hose blew off, and it was a heartbreaker for him because he was moving up real quick. Yeah, you know, it's tough when you go out there and you have a, you have a tough night. And, and he said, you know, between having something happen, making that run up there, then going again and having that, it's just sometimes more for bad luck. You know, you'd have no luck at all. Yeah, but it was definitely an impressive run by him. Um, Don Brown Jr. was there this weekend, too, running his midget with Mark Birch. It sounds like I saw Mark Birch and Junior are going to be changing the number in the paint scheme on that midget. So they had a Twitter pullout today with uh, some numbers. Uh, they they teamed up with Team Jack Foundation. So they threw out like the number 22, which is uh, Rex Burkhead's number. And if you don't know anything about the Team Jack, they do uh, uh, brain cancer for kids, I believe it is. Right. Yeah, it's for pediatric cancer research. Yeah. So they threw that number out there. There's They had like... Like I said, they had a Twitter poll for numbers. I suggested the one and the two because Mark Bush is number one, the one M, and then Junior in his regular three three sixty sprint car is number two. Yeah, and I saw I think uh, Jack Hoffman now who is, uh, if you I think it's two thousand thirteen Nebraska spring game was when he made kind of famous touchdown run, and uh, so I think they had a picture of him now a big boy playing football. <laughs> Sporting number 75, and I thought, you know what, that might be a good one too. Yeah, 75 would definitely be a good number for that, and I believe Jack actually has a uh, scholarship or a verbal commitment to, uh, I want to say, Shadron State already, and he's only in middle school, so it's pretty good for the kid. You bet. So, um, you know, I was. Uh, we, it's good to see that we're getting back into racing now, and uh, obviously uh, Eagle Raceway and has said that there are going to be some social distancing guidelines in effect. Uh, there's going to be a lot going on. I uh, saw an interesting Facebook post from Chad Dolan, who's the promoter out at Dawson County Raceway and also uh, MPH in Hastings, the road course. And he is, uh, this is out in Lexington, obviously one of the harder hit parts of the state when it came to COVID-19. And he said uh, just straight out that he was not going to open up, that the uh, 25% limit was too restrictive in that it he didn't want to have to turn away fans. Uh, it's not a huge facility, and so he, you know, it's kind of like this game of Tetris you're going to have to play because you're going to have to put these people all supposed to be six feet apart, and it's not just you know six people. It's six people. It's the family of four, the group of two, the guy came by himself, and they all got to have a six foot bubble around him, and uh, opened up some of the complexities of you know live streaming. He's been approached to that, but didn't want to run the risk of issues with say customer service. So, and he's talked about, you know, running a fairgrounds track. He's not liable if they don't run, but if they do run, he's liable. He's on the hook for all of it. So his, you know, takeaway from all this was with only 25%, he promised the fair board, he wouldn't run in the red and it is less bad for him to not open the door at this time. And to, uh, you know, instead to just keep it shut until restrictions are lifted to where he can make it financially viable. Yeah, I mean, with these smaller facilities like that, I mean, we mentioned Eagle earlier being able to host 
probably their whole normal uh, regular show crowd. They have a large facility. I-80 Speedway also has a large facility. But these smaller facilities like, you know, out in Lexington, like Cam Raceway and Hastings, it's going to be tough for them because they only hold five, 600 people as it is. So they open up the doors. They're going to be losing money. Yeah. And that's, you know, uh, he talked about, you know, it's going to be a different situation for every track. And those that don't know this, one of the conditions to opening up is that the track has to submit a plan to the County health director. And so it's going to have to outline, you know, how they social distance, how they keep things clean, you know, all, all the guidelines wearing masks or not, whatever they're going to do. And it, it could be different based on the health director. So what they do, say, in Beatrice may be very different than what they do at Eagle. And it might even be different than what they do at I-80 because each track maybe has to make different uh, adjustments to, say, their concessions or things like that. So it's going to be interesting. Um, and as I said last week, you know, we need to be patient. It ain't forever. And we've seen what changed in a month. And I think, you know, June's going to change and July is going to change there. So I think it's a good thing. Um, Knoxville, Iowa, 50% capacity now, which is good. But also uh, Knoxville has also said that they aren't going to run the nationals unless they can hold full capacity. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. I mean, that's a front gate driven show. Yes. I mean, that that don't happen without filling the place. No. And, and the nationals itself is a big moneymaker for them to support the local weekly shows. Yeah. And so that, you know what, the way Knoxville has to operate is totally different than say maybe a lot of your weekly tracks have to operate. So it's going to be interesting to see. And I, I, and I would be surprised if we don't see a relaxing of restrictions throughout the season. I would also be surprised if it was wide open by the end of the season. And we, I saw some news today that uh, at Iowa State, they informed their season ticket holders, uh, 30,000 capacity, and, uh, six, and normally they hold 60,000. And no single-game tickets. Ohio State has talked about 20,000 only. I mean, this is public athletic director. Nebraska's throwing the number of 20,000 out there. And that, that number doesn't come out of thin air. No, it doesn't. So it it could be interesting. We may see not everything, you know, lifted uh, all the way, say, back to 2019 standards. So be patient. It'll get there. It's, it's, it's sure better than no racing. Yeah, it's definitely better than no racing. And, I mean, even if you, you got to sit six feet away from another person or whatever and just don't throw fits, just follow the rules. It, yeah, it might be a small inconvenience now, but in the long run, it's going to be better. It that's about racing, and I think if you really love racing, you know, you got to make it. You know, they've got the guys who are on the tracks, people who are on the tracks, are going to have health departments staring at them, media staring at them, disgruntled fans <laughs> got beef. Yeah, they're oh, going to yeah. say something. They're going to have employees that are concerned. They're going to have employees that may not want to show up, so things could get slow. Whatever it might be, the credit card machine may not be working. Whatever it is, it's it's just they really need our patience, and that's one of the best things that you could do for them. Yeah, I know for a fact that like when I was at like out at Valley Speedway this weekend, they they had signs everywhere, you know, encouraging people to practice social distancing, followed CDC guidelines, and all sort of stuff. They had hand sanitizers at every concession stand. Um, some of their concessions were limited. I, for one, you know, every time I was talking to someone shook somebody's hand. I made sure I sanitized my hands right afterwards. Yeah. And, and it's just, 
it's what you gotta do. I mean, when I go back out, you know, I'll probably wear a mask out of respect for other people. Now, I'll be honest, if I'm out there in my lonesome turn three taking pictures or something, I'll, I'll probably take it off. But yeah, and that's that's the way we were. There's, I think, uh, maybe five photographers out there. Um, John Lee, myself, uh, Ken Simon was out there. Um, there's a guy that just moved from California, Russell. I can't remember his last name for the life of me, but. He was out there and we, you know, we, we sat and, you know, shot the shit and whatnot. And, but I mean, everybody was respectful not to get anybody's faces, you know, not coughing on people, sneezing on people. Yeah. I mean, that's what you got to do. And I mean, I'd be honest with you. I was thinking about the mask thing and I was like, uh, my son wore a mask out to the race one night when it was dirty. And, and, you know, just cause he's got a little bit sensitive nose in that. And I'm like, you know what? I think I'm just going to wear this thing anyway when it gets dry. Cause I'm, I'm tired of blowing tired dirt out of my oh, nose for yeah, two days. For sure. I mean, <laughs> some of these shows where the dry gets super dusty, I mean, it might be beneficial actually. Yeah. In that case, you know, might just well do it anyway, but it is what it is. And I think as long as everybody's patient, you know, th- th- it'll go well. And again, it's, it's temporary. It, yeah. It'll get better. Yeah. I mean, it's at least we're outside. We're having fun. We're racing and, Enjoying life a little bit more than what we were a month ago. Oh, yeah. It's better than just sitting home on Saturday night. All right. And with that said, let's uh, get Tyler Drukey on the phone here. And... Yeah, you damn right. I got what happened out there. I'm fine. I just had to deal with my asshole uh, teammates. Deep Kent. Uh-huh. Nobody wasn't happy with me for crowding them, but shit, I want to win. Hey, come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Pisser. Piece of shit. All right, we are joined by Tyler Drukey, driver of the Zaz Farms number 12 in the Sprint Series and Nebraska Series. Uh, Tyler is fresh off a victory at US 36 and an 18th place finish at Salina Speedway. Uh, Tyler, talk about your weekend starting with Friday. Uh, Friday, we were just trying to dodge the rain. Um, we had the car set up for Denison, and we I put off... Uh, going to the track as late as I could. And finally we just said that we thought Cameron was going to be the better choice. So we went down there and, uh, I don't even know what we started. That was a long time ago, but, uh, <laughs> uh I, we won the heat race. I know that. And then uh, I think the computer auto generated the, the pole for us for the dash or for the a feature. And, uh, uh the track was a hundred percent better than two weeks ago when we were there. Um, it got, then they, those guys deserve a lot of credit for all the time that they put into completely tearing up the whole racetrack and laying it all back down, getting it packed hard. So it was, so it didn't run out again and it, it stayed smooth and it got slick there as the night went on, it was slick to the fence and, uh, I just wish we could have had more cars down there. It would have been a good show. Yeah. I saw that they only had eight. I mean, well, I, I believe it was just a weekly show for them. And like you said, people dodging rain and whatnot and the whole COVID thing, actually, you actually had a choice. So that must've been a little bit different for you having a choice of what racetrack to go to. Well, yeah, you know, two weeks ago they had cars there. They were already in the gate from Pennsylvania and Indiana. They, I mean, they tried really hard and I don't think they wanted to send those guys home without a race. So they, they definitely worked their tails off to get that show in, but it, it quite honestly, it ruined the racetrack. I mean, the holes were so deep because the ground was just like a sponge and it only got worse as the night went on. And then 
I mean, they really had no choice but to tear it all up and start over. And thank God they did. And I hope, I hope, uh, I hope these guys give them, give them a chance and go down there because uh, they really work hard at it, just like everybody does with their race cars. You know, they work hard at their racetrack. So hopefully, guys can go down there and they can keep giving that slick, wide surface that everybody likes to race on. And and uh, they had a good crowd too. So them guys stuck around. They got the show done. I think we were out of there at ten thirty. I know that's another, that's another big benefit. I, I think, uh, the promoter, he came over, he was pretty proud of, of the racetrack and how it turned out. And I told him, I said, I can sell this to the guys up North. You know, we got, we got to get them to come down here when, if you can get it like this every week and get people moving around, it, it just gives you, it makes a better race. You get a chance to win. Yeah, definitely. Like a, like a Friday, Saturday series that, you know, go out there on Friday night and come back home and race Eagle on, on Saturday. That, I mean, it's only two and a half, three hours from Lincoln. So it's, it's a good opportunity for the local guys here to get out there and get some more laps. Absolutely. And when they get it done at 1030, I mean, we were, we were out the gate at 1030. We were on our way home. I think we got home. It must've been like 1230, I yeah. think. Yeah. You can't, when we pulled that. in that that's not bad. I, I get home from Eagle a heck of a lot later some nights than this 1230. Yeah. So, and you're right down the road from Eagle. So <laughs> Yeah, I, sometimes you just stumble your way home, but it happens. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, Saturday night, you went and made the trek down to Salina, Kansas with the URSS series. Uh, talk about that. Uh, it sounds like you had a little bit more cars there, a little bit little bit higher yeah. competition, I guess. Yeah, no, we always like more cars, more guys to race against. Uh, the URSS, that was their season opener. Um, I know they had an Oberlin show scheduled, and it got canceled, so the Salina thing was kind of a last-minute deal. And it, it worked out. We were, I, the plan was to go to Denison and then go to Salina the next night. So I could come by the shop where we weren't prepared to go from Cameron to Salina. So we ended up coming home and then maintenance and washed and drove down there Saturday. But uh, I think they had 26 cars and same type of thing. I think they're trying to keep the track good and hard. So it didn't rut out and it was pretty hard and slick and dry and hot laps and, but uh, their track crew kept working on it. They'd till it and water it, and we'd run it in. They ran heat races. They made the heat races pretty racy. Um, we started we started fifth, I think, in the heat race and got up through there and ended up – we got a caution and then was able to sneak by the leader there with two or three to go in the heat race and went on to win the heat race. And then um, high point guy drew a four. So that put us starting sixth in the feature. And I don't know, it was only one or two laps into it. And we were already up to third and it's that Salina has got some unique character. I'll call it to the way the track is shaped and banked. And I was walking around at intermission with my brother and, you know, I'm looking at it and I'm like, they're tilling up there where nobody's ran all night long. And I'm, I'm tell, talking to Austin. Like, I don't know why they're doing that. That, nobody's been up there all night long. Nobody's going to go up there. It, it's a flat part of the track. You know, you can't run up there. Then we watched the B feature and there was one particular car that won the B and, and he kind of, he wasn't super committed to it, but he's kind of tiptoeing through there and he was really fast. So then I got my mind working. So I walked down there. I'm like, I think you put the right rear right on the fence going into one. You can make it work. And sure enough, we go out there and you're idling around and, well, that was the smoothest part of the track, and that's where all the moisture was. So we could get a heck of a run down the back straightaway. 
Yeah, I got a big run, like two laps into it, and got in the back of Ty Williams, just just barely. I got I got to his back bumper going into three, and I, I knew I couldn't get it in there, and it was slick, and I slammed on the brakes, and you just sliding sideways, and I slid in there and just barely tapped him with the right front, and it spun me around. Oh, man. So, yeah, the, I don't think the crew guys were all that. They didn't think I was the greatest move in the world. So we go to the back. We restart. I don't know. I, I think they took 20. Yeah, to the yeah I'm, I'm looking at the feature line or yeah. feature results right now, and they took 20. Yeah, so we restart 20th, and we're passing. I mean, we're passing three cars every corner. And I think I think we were, when it was all said and done, um, that was on like lap 24 when we spun out, 23 or 24. We were passing for fifth on lap 16, and – we, we come off a of two, I get the big run that I'd been getting. Well, the track just started taking a little bit of rubber in three and four. So in my mind, when I went to the back, I was like, okay, you know, I know the rubber's going to come at some point. And then when you could start feeling it, then it was like, okay, clock's ticking. You need to make moves. If you're still going to win this thing, you need to make moves now. And we got a big run off of two on, I think it was Jason Danley and Jason had a run on, uh, Jeremy Hirish in front of him. And so Jason pulls left, goes by Hirish. And I was, I was committed. I'm, I'm just going to follow Jason by him. And we got down into three and, you know, Hirish, he had no way of knowing that I was coming. And I was right on the back bumper of Danley going into three and he had no way of knowing that I had a run was following him. And we just got together and, turned them both over. So it wasn't good for him. It wasn't good for me, but I guess this was one of them racing deals. Yep. Uh, was there any damage to the car? I mean, anything major, just bolt on parts? Uh, well, the initial uh, Saturday night, I didn't think it was terribly bad. A front end radius rods wings, but, uh, we started tearing it apart on Sunday to wash and get ready for park Jefferson. The frame was bent. Uh, in the cross, the cross member right, right in front of the radiator. So that was about, we got home. I think we got home at four o'clock in the morning and I told the guys, we're not going to start till 10. We need six hours of sleep at least before we start maintenance. And yeah, so it was about 10 o'clock. I discovered that when I was unloading it and getting it ready to wash. And so we built a whole new car Sunday and by Monday at about 9am we had it running and I had a, I had a car I bought last year. It was just a frame and body. Started with a bare frame, had it running by 9 a.m. on Monday. We were going to be ready to go to Park Jefferson Monday night, and I think they they rained out. So we went ahead and finished getting it ready, and then once they called it, everybody's – I think everybody's ready, ready to go home. I think everybody was tired, so – Yeah, it sounds yeah. like they would be pretty burnt out. Yeah, I didn't – I definitely didn't didn't help anybody, but <laughs> – I guess that's one of those racing deals. Well, it sounds like, you know, next, not this weekend, but next weekend you should be racing close to home at Eagle raceway. sounds like they're opening up. Uh, is that your plan for this year? Are you going to run Eagle weekly or are you going to travel out a little bit more? Um, the original plan this year was we were going to travel. I, I was going to go to Texas there in March. We were all set to go to that. And then rain came and then it was a week later and then the whole coronavirus thing happened. So, um, Right now, it's really been week to week just because you don't know who's racing. So I'm really just trying to find races to go to right now. Um, definitely like going to Eagle. It's so close to home. And 
Um, we spent a lot of time over the winter doing our homework, trying to make our stuff nicer, trying to make it better, faster. Um, it seems to have paid off. Um, we haven't raced a whole heck of a lot yet. And a lot of guys haven't even, haven't even ran one night yet. So yeah, it sounds we'll like, see. it sounds like for the local guys, the only night they actually really got in is the SSN nights over at uh us 36 a week ago. And then, uh, at the new raceway, raceway park. park. Yeah. Yeah. And then some of the guys couldn't even go cause of work and you know, their work restrictions and stuff that they're getting put on them. So, um, I will be at Eagle a lot. Like we're always going to be at Eagle a lot. I mean, it's only a mile from here. So from where I live, so we'll be at Eagle quite a bit. Um, I would, I would still like to go to Belleville. Um, that we had a lot of fun there last year. It's just kind of a, them guys, they care so much about their racetrack. They just, they don't have a lot of races there and they just want to have a big race with a lot of people and do it, you know, one weekend a year. And I know they got other specials, but they're fair race. That's, that's the, that's their baby. That's what they care about. And they put so much effort into that and they, they make it a really cool environment for all the racers. Um, I, I just liked what they do down there. Plus I like racetracks with a lot of history and stuff. So yeah, it's really got an old school vibe down there. Yes. Yes. It's the old, the old fair race. You get a corn dog, ride the Ferris wheel and we yep. go to the race <laughs> that night. Like you can't beat that. So, no. um, no, the main, the two main goals, I basically had two goals. I want to win Belleville and I want to win the race saver nationals. So everything else is just kind of a, it's just a race, I guess. Those are the two main ones. So, so yeah, it sounds like you're on, you're, you're on hot streaks. I mean, you won the swept the first week and I believe, uh, us 36 and was it Slina or where'd you race that second week or that second race that weekend? Uh, that was Bethany. Bethany. Yeah. Bethany yep. that, was, okay. that, was, that was another place we've never been to. So that's always, a, I always like going to new places and then you show up and run good. So makes it, they can't say you were a hometowner when you, when you can show up anywhere and run good and win. So, but that was another place, you know, it's just a fairgrounds racetrack and it, it's got a real unique layout to it. And it was pretty racy that night too. So, I was going to ask you this, Tyler, um, as someone who's getting out and racing, one of the things I've always heard was the more tracks you race at, the faster you get at home. And uh, is that true? Or is it just, is just case getting more laps or how, how do you see it? How do you see that getting out to these other places helps you out, say at an Eagle or places where you're more familiar? Um, I don't, I don't necessarily think it helps you. Like, you know, I don't think Belleville helps me racing at Eagle. I mean, that's two totally different things. What, what I think it does is it, it makes you keep an open mind when, when you go to the same racetrack week in and week out, like we did there for three years, I think running the running at Eagle every week, you, you fall into a rut where you go there with the same setup mm -hmm. every week, the track, you know, there might have bang on weather, you know, but generally speaking, when they can do their normal track prep, I can tell you what setup I'm going to put on it for the heat race before I even leave the house. Sure. So you just fall into a rut and then naturally, you know, you may be giving up a few things here and there, but you're still generally fast. Well, when them guys come in that have raced all those different places and kept an open mind and they got different ideas that, that of things that they've tried and done, it's not that they're going to take their quote unquote Belleville setup and put it on their car for Eagle, but they might have a little trick that they learn there that, Hey, I learned this at this racetrack. Maybe I can use that here. Yeah. So it's not, it's not necessarily like it's, 
it's just little, it's just widening your, your scope, widening your view of what you're doing. And like, I, I just, I gets old when you just do the same thing every week. Um, nothing against the racetrack, you know, it's just, it's well, it probably just, keeps your enthusiasm up for racing. It, it just keeps you sharp, I yeah. guess. Um, you, you know, at Eagle, typically you get a big cushion and it's built up on the fence. And then, you know, usually it's got a nice bottom. Well, then there's usually there's some character, a couple holes here and there. Well, you, <laughs> you never know. You might show up one night and the place is dead slick. Well, if, if that's the only night you ever see that the entire year, you probably are going to be junk that night. Yep. You know, at least you, Kansas has a reputation for be dry and dusty and hard. So if you can figure out a way how to be just more versatile, I, I don't think it can hurt you. Now you mentioned Belleville quite a bit here and, uh, and we talked about Eagle. Those are two opposite ends of the spectrum on tracks. You know, Eagle's a tight little high bank bull, bull ring and you got Belleville flat out wide open, big old half mile. What kind of track do you prefer? Do you tight, like these bull rings or do you like the bigger tracks? whatever one I can win on. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. Like Belleville's fun. I mean, we ran around there last year, cushion on the fence. You slap the fence at Belleville. It gets your attention. Oh yeah. Um, heck you slap the fence every lap at Eagle if you're driving hard. So, you know, it's, it's just another day thing, but I, I, I guess I, I like to think that I try and be well-rounded and, and, you know, I, for a while there, I think I had a reputation in sprint cars that, oh, it's rough and heavy. Drukey's going to be fast. Well, doggone it. I, I won at Bethany. It was slick and dusty. I should have won the other night at Salina. And that was slick and dusty. Um, the, you know, I my my go-to back in the mini sprint days was, was slick and pedaling around the corner and drag racing down the straightaway. When it was heavy, I couldn't do nothing. So I don't know. I just want to be able to win on everything and whatever it takes to do that. That's what, it, that's what we try to do. You're going to get out in the 360 much this year. Well, the three, six, the, the car that was supposed to be the 360 now has a 305 <laughs> in it. So, um, I know, uh, I've talked to, I drove Craig Bowles' car at the end of the year last year and, uh, you know, that was just kind of a one-off deal. We wanted to go have some fun, and, and uh, I think I think I think he was happy. So, um, but he he made it clear over the winter. You know, farming comes first, and you know he's got his own life that he does with with his kids and and everything. And and so we, he said, you know, I told him, well, whenever you want to go race, you let me know. Let's go race, and we'll we'll just go have fun. There's no pressure there, and we just want to go have fun and do our thing and see how, see how the cards lay. So, um, I'm hoping maybe Craig will want to come out a little bit this year. I don't know how many races that is. That's 100% up to him. As far as my car goes, um, we'll get, we'll get my frame back here probably in a couple weeks and we'll put it back together and we'll probably put my 360 in it and we'll get it out. I'm, I'm hoping maybe, I don't know, six to 10 shows or something, maybe the second half of the summer, especially once things open up and we have, we have more options to go do things then uh, we should be able to find some time to take it out. Now we talked to Jack Dover last week. He's primarily a 360 driver dabbles in the 305s a little bit. Uh, recently became known, became known for, you know, mostly 305 stuff. What's the difference between your, you jumping in a 360 versus him jumping down to a 35? What do you think? Uh, well, 
I can work backwards. The 305 is slower. Um, the 305 can benefit you in a 360 because the 305 has limited horsepower, so you really need to focus on keeping your momentum up. So if you take that approach to a 360, you know, racing's all about momentum. I don't care if it's a 410, a 360, a 305. It doesn't matter. Whoever can keep their momentum up the most is going to win. So you can learn that with an under-horsepowered car and take that to the higher-horsepowered car. What you can get from a 360 is, or a 410 for that matter, um, you're going a lot faster. Your brain's processing things at a higher rate. Um, now you're going to go back down to a 305, and that's going to be like slow motion to you. Uh, it's just the way it is. I, I'm sure it's no different from a 410 guy coming back down to a 360. He probably thinks they're slow. You know, I've never driven a 410, so I can't really say anything about those. But so there, there's, I think there's give and take to both of them. Um, winning that 360 race last year, that that meant a lot to me because I think I hope I proved that just because you're a 305 driver doesn't mean that you're not a good race car driver. It's just a different car. It, the different cars they drive different they handle different they set up different it's just different it's no different than a modified guy running the late model they're just different they're going to run different um so but i think you can take things from each one and it can benefit you in one or the other what what happens when you run one too much is you can develop bad habits that would take to the other right on and uh we'll kind of wrap this up here a little bit uh what's your uh plans for this weekend uh, as of right now, I think we're probably going to go to Cameron on Friday and Saturday. I th as far as I know, I think Hartford maybe is about our only option that I know of off the top of my head. Um, who knows? It could be like last week where a racetrack picks up a race midweek and says, Hey, you know, we're having a, having a race. So, um, I don't have a 360 built. I, I don't have, I got a motor there, but I ain't got no car for it. So can't really go do any of that stuff. Um, so I tentatively uh, off the top of my head, I would say Cameron and then Hartford on Saturday. All right. Well, I want to thank you for jumping on here with us. Uh, congratulations on the win this weekend and uh, good luck the rest of the season. Hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. That was Tyler Drukey, fresh off his victory at us 36 speedway and his uh, race at Salina, Kansas. Uh, Sounds like he has a, f a lot of traveling in his plans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's there's a pretty good uh, amount of uh, distance between those two tracks. So, you know, it's it's amazing how much now in so-called, you know, limited sprints and things like that. Back in the day, it used to be, you know, 410 and maybe 360s. You do you do a lot of traveling. But now in 305s, you can you can hit a lot of races, especially, you know, kind of that unified rule. Um, you can go, uh, you can pick a lot of places to run if you didn't want to just run one place weekly. Yeah, I, I think we're in a, uni a unique position here in Nebraska where we have 360s, we have 305s. You want to run a 410, Knoxville's only three hours away. And and we got so many tracks within, you know, two to four hour drive. It's, it's you know, we have we have a lot. Yeah, and hopefully those tracks will be opening up and we get a full slate racing on our, on our plates here soon. Oh, I can't wait. All right, we want to thank everybody for joining us on this episode of Quick Time. Uh, hopefully you enjoy the episode. Uh, make sure you tell your friends about us. Subscribe. You can get us on any of the major podcast platforms. And thanks for everybody for tuning in.